Welcome to Bridge City Church. We are here to lead people in a deeper relationship with Jesus and to grow the church locally, nationally and internationally. We pray you are blessed by this message. Good morning church. For those that don't know me, my name's Andrew and I'm part of the team here at Bridge City Church. Um, today, in case you hadn't noticed, is Good Friday. The day that we get to reflect on the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and the events leading up to the crucifixion. But firstly, let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you, thank you that you have the we that we have the privilege of sharing your word here this morning. As I share your word, I pray that you minister to all those who are listening that your word sinks deep into the hearts and the minds of all those that are gathered. I ask that as we gather this morning to celebrate this day, Good Friday, that we reflect on the biggest moment of influence that has ever been or ever will be. This day marks the end of the power of death and sin for those of us that believe. Thank you, Father, for what you have done in giving your precious Son for us. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. <clears throat> in Luke 22, we read that Jesus was sharing a meal with his disciples called, as Trev just said, the Last Supper. Jesus takes, takes bread and wine and blesses them, gives thanks to God for them, and then shares them with his disciples. He asks them to remember his body, which is broken for, for them, and his blood, which was shed for them. And later, we, Jesus heads to the Mount of Olives to pray, with, to pray to his father with some of his disciples. And, and this, this really grabbed me as, as I um, looked at this passage. Jesus told them in verse 40, pray that you do not give in to temptation. This is so relevant for us today as it was for those guys way back then. Temptation will always be there, but we are not to give in to it. And then he walked away and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Jesus knew what was coming. He knew what was about what was ahead, and like us today, he was looking for a way out. But the difference between Jesus and us is in that statement. I want your will to be done, not mine. I want your will to be done, not mine. Now that was a very, a very brief Andrew overview of, of those scriptures. So please go back and read them in your own time. I'd like to share Luke 22 from verse 63 with you guys this morning. The guards in charge of Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and said, prophesy to us who hit you that time. And they held all sorts of terrible insults at him. And at daybreak, all the elders of the people assembled including leading priests and the teachers of religious law. 
Jesus was led before this high council and they said, tell us, are you the Messiah? But he replied, if I tell you, you won't believe me. And if I ask you a question, you won't answer. But from now on, from now on, the Son of Man will be seated in the place of power at God's right hand. And they all shouted, so are you claiming to be the Son of God? And he replied, you say that I am. Now the story goes back and forth for a little while um, with Jesus fronting different leaders who were unable to find any reason for his arrest, let alone his crucifixion. We're going to fast forward now to verse 23 of chapter 23. And the mob shouted louder and louder, demanding that Jesus be crucified. So Pilate sentenced Jesus to die, as they demanded. He turned Jesus over to them to do as they wish. Continuing from verse 32. Two other criminals, two, two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. And when they came to a place called the Skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothing by throwing dice. The crowd watched, and the leaders scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself. If he, really, if he is really God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers mocked him too, by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. And, then, and the sign was fastened above his head with these words, this is the king of the Jews. And one of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah? Prove it by saving yourself. And us too, we are at it. But the other criminal protested. Don't you fear God, even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, Today, you will be with me in paradise. Verse 44 is the death of Jesus. By this time, it was about noon, and darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone. And suddenly, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. And then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. And when the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what had happened, he worshipped God. And he said, surely, surely this man was innocent. And when all the crowd that came to see the crucifixion saw what had happened, they went home in, in deep sorrow. As a child, 
when a young adult, but before coming to faith, I, ne- I never really understood um, what, why it was called Good Friday. I mean, I, di- I didn't understand what could be good about celebrating someone dying on a cross. I, I never really understood the significance. Um, I mean, I-, I loved going away with my family for the long weekend, but, but it-, it never really meant anything to me. And then I met Jesus. And I had, a, I had a revelation. I suddenly knew what was good about it. Over the last 10 years or so, my, my understanding of the significance of a Good Friday has grown. To know God through Jesus Christ is to understand what it is that I have been saved from. Or more importantly, what I have been saved for. In making a choice for God, we receive the free gift of salvation, the free gift of God's grace, and the free gift of God's righteousness at Christ's expense. We read in Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 1, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Now this is speaking directly to me. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And it is only by God's grace that you and I have been saved. Let's go back and look at verse 32. It says that two other criminals, two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. Now, it doesn't say who they were or what crimes they had committed. Whatever it was, they were about to be executed for these crimes. Two criminals, two very different attitudes. In verse 39, one scoffed. So, you you are the Messiah. Then prove it by saving yourself. And save us while you're at it. In his last moments on this earth, he mocked. He blasphemed. And he doubted who Jesus was. Now, we don't know what happened to this man to make him this way. Perhaps he had a hard life. Perhaps he'd been knocked around by life, been been abused, been wounded, suffered all kinds of, of hardships at the hands of others. He was about to die. And he would not believe, therefore receive Jesus. And then we read in verse 40, But the other criminal protested, Don't you fear God, even when you have been sentenced to die for our crimes? But this man has done nothing wrong, has done anything wrong. This man, he was also being killed for his crimes that he had committed, or or the sins that he had committed, but... His heart was open 
He believed in Jesus. He had faith to believe in him. He called him by his name. He took responsibility for what he had done in his life. And he asked Jesus to remember him as he came into his kingdom. And Jesus answered in verse 43, I assure you today you will be with me in paradise. This man acknowledged his sins, his sinfulness. He called out to Jesus. He asked Jesus to remember his name. And at that point, he received assurance of his salvation to be with Jesus in death. What a difference the cross had on both hearts of these men. One was hardened and closed to the last. The other was softened and was opened at the last. Don't put off repentance until your deathbed. Don't think to yourself that I'm having way too much fun right now or I'll just get this sorted out first. Don't think I, I can do it myself. I can do it my way. Or don't think I'm not that bad of a person. Don't think that I'm not that much of a sinner that, that Jesus didn't have to die for me. Every one of us is a sinner. Don't wait to get all your life together before you make a choice. Because believe me that the enemy is an expert in keeping us busy, keeping us distracted from the grace and the glory that Jesus has for us. Choose Jesus today. Choose Jesus right now. Then he will walk with you or you get your life sorted out. And Romans chapter 3 verse 23 tells us, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. True repentance is never too late. Will you have tomorrow? How do you know what today will bring, let alone tomorrow? The other criminal made a, made a, a, a profession of faith even before the wonders of resurrection and life in Jesus were displayed. This put honour and an absolute object lesson into Christ's suffering. He believed in life to come and he wanted this eternal life. Unlike the other guy who only wanted to be saved from the cross, from, the, from his immediate situation. We want eternal life and the joy of the Lord in, in this life not just the saviour God if you get me out of this or if, if you fix this area of my life I, I promise I'll be good the second guy displayed humility he asked Jesus to remember him when Jesus came into his kingdom he humbled himself in true repentance and Christ has mercy. Jesus, in his greatest struggle, both physically, mentally and spiritually, had mercy on his poor, repentant criminal. Imagine the King of Kings taking upon himself the dying confession and repentance of a convicted criminal. Knowing that the timing was God's, in that it would be recorded in all time, 
that Jesus' last physical act, he forgave and had mercy. This truly is an act of grace. Jesus died to open the kingdom of heaven to all repentant believers, no matter what we have done. A single instance in scripture teaching us not to give up or despair for anyone we are praying for. The contrast is that the one who died with a hard heart in unbelief, unrepentant and going to hell, even though a crucified saviour was right next to him. All he had to do was to ask Jesus into his life. He was right there, less than a stone's throw away. Don't harden your heart. If, if Christ is calling you, don't, don't let another moment go by if you sense you're not right with God. Don't leave this place today without making a decision to receive Jesus as Lord and Saviour. Don't walk away thinking, I'll do it another day. There's always another day. Now, today is the day of salvation. Now is the moment you have, and right now is all that we are assured of. In verse 34, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. Even as he was being crucified, he was seeking forgiveness for others. The true state of his heart, in his moment of agony, he was thinking of others. One of the most well-known scriptures, verses in the New Testament is in the book of John, chapter 3, verse 16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. We read in Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 and 5. Yet it was our weaknesses that he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he, he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. We, we are no better than anyone. We're just forgiven. So what's so good about Good Friday? It's good. It's good because for those of us that believe in Him, that's Jesus Christ. Death is it's not the end. We have passed from death to life. It's good because Jesus completed what He had come down here to do. He did not bulk. He did, not, he did not flinch, he did not turn away, and he did not give up. How much should that prompt us to never give up? Continue in him, serving him with all of our hearts, 
and all of our souls, no matter what we are facing. It's good because he came to die so that we could live. It's good because his sole purpose, his sole purpose is to save us. It's good because we can know his salvation and his 100% assurance in an instant. Read verses 43 again. I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. It's good because I, like all you guys, can walk in freedom and the newness of life. My sins are forgiven. I am a new creation. You are a new creation. 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 5, verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. It's good because he made a way for us to come boldly to the throne of God to seek his face. The curtain is torn. Now there's a way through and his name is Jesus. It's good because Resurrection Sunday is coming and death and hell are conquered forever. In Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, but thank God, he gave us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. In Galatians 2, chapter, in Galatians 2 verse 20, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's good because he has given us his word. In John chapter 1, verse 14, So the word became human and made his home amongst us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. It's good because we can trust him with every aspect of our lives. Every aspect of our lives. No matter how big, no matter how small. It's good because we have hope. We have a future. It's good because if Jesus had not done this for us, there is no other way to come to God. I think, and this is just my, I think we should be named an awesome Friday. Because if Jesus hadn't done all of this for you and for me, he shed his precious blood to pay the debt for us so that we can live in forgiveness and have not only a relationship with God, but a true friendship with God. And finally, it's good because he has left us with his Holy Spirit. In John chapter 7, verse 38, 
Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living waters will flow from his heart. And when he said living waters, he was speaking of the Spirit, who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Jesus had to die for this to happen. And that is why it's called Good Friday. Jesus paid the ultimate price. And he did that for you and for me. If you haven't openly declared Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, let's have a look at Romans chapter 10, verse 9. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It doesn't say you might be saved. It doesn't say, oh, you, if you come back Wednesday, it says you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. You are saved. In verse 13, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Will be saved. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your son Jesus sacrificing his life so that I can live today. Thank you for saving us from our sins. Thank you that it is by your grace that we are saved and there is no requirement from us except to openly declare that Jesus is our Lord and Saviour in our life and to believe in our hearts that you raised Jesus from the dead to take away the power of sin and death. For anyone who hasn't yet asked Jesus to be their Lord and Saviour, I would like to repay with them now. Lord Jesus, I know I have lived my life separate from you and have sinned against you in thought, word and deed. I know you died for all my sins and I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins and come into my life today as my Lord and Saviour. And I know that even as I ask this, it is done. Thank you, Jesus, for your word and that we can come before you at any time, in any place, with anything. And we know that you are there for us. Thank you that you loved us so much that we are here today celebrating the life of your son, Jesus, and all that he has done for us. We are in awe of your love for us, your forgiveness, your kindness, your grace, and your mercy. And I pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Thank you for joining with us today. If you would like to find out more, you can get in touch with us on our website at bridgecitychurch.com.au. See you next time.